0: Welcome to Inside the Path to Success Podcast, brought to you by Opulus, where you go behind the scenes with financial planners Ryan Greiser and Fran Walsh to hear stories about how leading entrepreneurs, millennials, professional athletes, and coaches navigate the natural challenges that arise on the path to success and how to advance to the next level. And now, here are your hosts from Opulus, Ryan Greiser and Fran Walsh.
1: Welcome to another episode of Inside the Path to Success podcast. Uh, today, we are talking our end of October thoughts, Rye. It's been a fun year. Yeah, it's been, been a terrible been, year. It's been an interesting year. Um, It's been, it's been awesome. We're going to get into all the, all the fun stats that people need to be aware of on what's been happening this year if they haven't been keeping up with
0: markets. Exactly. Exactly. And the funnest one of them all, well, fun, not fun, if you're a Phillies fan... Right, Phillies are making a great run in the World Series, but unfortunately for the markets, every time the Phillies win a World Series, uh, we do have a uh, financial collapse of some sort.
1: Yep. So for us, it's a uh, it is a win lose situation. For us as Philly fans, either Phillies win the World Series and we're happy, then the market tanks, or they lose, which we'll be sad about, but then the markets will be saved. So. We uh we'll have a little bit of positive and negative in, in either direction of uh, how the World Series. is. Yeah, goes. no
0: further comments from here. <laughs> um, all right, right. So let's get into it, man. Yeah, so there, there's a recent chart that, that we found really interesting. Um, it's titled 2022 is set to be amongst the worst years ever for stock and bond markets, and this uh, this charts from U.S. funds um, that I'm taking a look at here. So it's, it's a scatter plot graph that's split up into four different quadrants that shows returns of the S&P positive and negative and bond returns positive and negatives. So 2022 is in this dreaded bottom left-hand corner quadrant where bond returns are negative and stock returns, the S&P 500 specifically, is also negative. And that's only happened four other times uh, in, in the modern market history. And that's 1931, 1941, and 1969, uh, we had this. But in those years, the bonds were only down somewhere around 2 3 to 7%, where this year, the bond market's down over 10% in this year. That's never happened before uh, in these other three uh, terrible times that the markets had. So traditionally, the bond market and cash have always been the safe haven that we've gone to for the ballast and the portfolio for protection Uh, and that just hasn't worked this year and it hasn't worked in an unfortunate way because stocks are also you know way off and we've just seen these sinking portfolios of bonds and stocks going down and there's really been no place to hide and it's been really really painful to uh to watch this happen uh, as we navigate through everything now on the positive side of things, is that if you notice what I said here, 1931, 41, and 69 are down there. The subsequent years, right, 1932, 1942, and 1970, did not also fall in that quadrant where we had continued low returns on the bonds and continued low returns on the stock market. Now, there's no guarantee, but if history repeats itself in some way, does shed some light that 2023 should pose better opportunities than where we're at today. So that's one positive side of things. The other positive side of things is that, man, we haven't seen a buying opportunity in a diversified portfolio of stocks and bonds since 31, since 41, since 69 that we have today. So really in 50 years, we haven't seen the type of buying opportunities uh, that we have today for people who are systematically investing into the market or who have lump sums that do want to systematically get into the market as well. So been a brutal and painful year. Um, however, there are some good signs on the horizon. Now, where that's three months, six months, nine months, a year from now, you know, time will tell, but there are some great opportunities that, uh, that could be around the corner if you have a long-term time horizon and, and you are willing to take some risk here along the way. Obviously, not personalized financial advice that, that we're providing here, but to put things into perspective... You know, there's only been three other times we had great buying opportunities for stocks and bonds like yeah, this. exactly.
1: And I was going to say, I know a couple of the other stats we had talked about um, this morning was, you know, it's the worst through through Q three. So as of um, September 30th, it's the worst year ever for the the U S. bond market, the fourth worst start to a year for yeah. the U S. stock market, and you know, for the traditional sixty forty portfolio, you know, the worst start ever to a year in over a hundred years. Yeah. um, You know, if you are a long-term investor um, and you're looking for, you know, traditional, you know, dollar cost averaging, it is a great opportunity to start thinking about, you know, getting some money moving into this market. And, you know, obviously, there's no guarantees as to what's going to come. But historically, as you talked about, you know, it looks like a great opportunity could be on the horizon in these next three, six, nine months before things potentially start to to rally back as as some good news starts to come back to the US economy. And, you know, potentially, we stop raising rates, all that kind of stuff could, could really be some potential catalysts for um, you know, markets to turn around a bit.
0: Yeah, so if you are an individual that's stuck through this so far and hasn't liquidated or made changes to the portfolio, and stuck with your disciplined investment plan, kudos to you. And if you are an absolute pro, if you have been systematically investing into this market as well. So um, stay diligent, stick with the fundamentals, know we're going to get out of this, and, and better things are, are yet to come, in our opinion. Absolutely. Um, all right, switching notes real
1: quick um, quick behavior gap lesson. Um, You know, some awesome literature that we just had come out uh, from BlackRock here. Um, This chart's titled S&P Envy. Basically, what it talks about is how, uh, you know, sometimes when you have a a, uh, diversified portfolio, it's really easy to look at things like the S&P 500 index or, you know, basically performance of whatever you hear from other people about how their accounts are performing and, you know, feeling like you're falling behind. So what this chart does is really does a really good job of talking about how, you know, individuals will typically think so from the years we'll we'll look over a 20 year period in this chart. This is measuring the S&P 500 versus a traditional 6040 diversified portfolio, which, you know, it'll make up of some some U.S. large cap stocks, some mid caps, some international small cap emerging markets, U.S. bonds, high yield bonds, all that good stuff. From 2000 to 2002, the S&P 500 dropped 40%, while a diversified portfolio performed at minus 16%. So what do people still think? Oh, well, I'm still down money, right? They're not thinking, oh, I did better than the S&P. They're still thinking, oh, well, I still lost money that time. 2003 to 2007, S&P 500 rises 83%. Diversified portfolio rises 87% during that time frame. So then they're thinking, okay, things are starting to, to go okay here, right? We're doing well. 2008, S&P 500 drops 37%. Diversified portfolios drop 27%. They're back to thinking, oh, I still lost money. Yep. 2009 to 2019, when we had that 10-year bull run, S&P 500 rips 350%. Diversified portfolio performs 220%. You're thinking, yeah, I made some money, but I didn't make nearly as much as the S&P 500, right? So we're kind of understanding that trend line now of just kind of always feeling disappointed. Q1 of 2020, S&P 500 drops 30% the beginning of COVID. Uh, Diversified portfolios drop 23%, back to thinking I lost money. And then from Q2 of 2020 to the end of 2021, S&P 500 rips another 120%. Diversified portfolio uh, rises 66.6%. They're thinking, again, I didn't make as much. But what's really interesting here, when you add all of those cumulative years up, If you had invested $100,000 in the S&P 500 in 2000 versus a diversified portfolio in 2000, over all that time frame, you're thinking the whole time, "Eh, I'm still losing money. I'm not making as much. I'm not doing as well. Your cumulative return for the S&P 500 during that time frame would have been 374.6%. Your total return for a diversified portfolio in that same exact time frame, 375%. So yep. what is the lesson here? Diversification can work even when it feels like it. you're losing. Um, so just a good lesson for people there. Um, behavior gaps are very important. That's why we post our series every week talking yep. about why behavior and all that kind of stuff is extremely important when it comes to investing. Um,
0: just a good, good lesson to share today. And then <clears throat> I don't have those stats in front of me, Fran, but I'm assuming that the risk on that diversified portfolio... Is less, right? So the highs generally aren't quite as high, but the lows aren't quite as low as the S and P five hundred.
1: Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So you know the the risk won't be nearly as much when you're you know we're we're counting a sixty percent stock portfolio, forty percent bond portfolio. So
0: yeah, and I think what we find at least on when you do take a diversified approach, is every year you're going to be wrong <laughs> in some way, shape, or form, because it's going to be part of the portfolio that's going to underperform some selected benchmark. And, and here's what we know just through our conversations, right? Is that when um, the Dow's doing really good, right? It's like, well, well, should we be more in the Dow? Or when tech's ripping, right? Well, should we be more in tech, yep. right? And then the opposite, right? So it's, it's interesting as we have conversations with um, clients of ours or just people that we're coming across, it's always interesting the benchmarks that they share with us is, uh, hey, just curious about our portfolio versus this. Yep. And it's never, hey, this underperforming benchmark today, the S&P, the Dow, or the NASDAQ tech-oriented stock, you know, Where where is this going or yep. how it is? So just psychologically, that's what we tend to do is we tend to compare our investments our life what we're doing against whatever is absolutely performing best right now yeah and that's just not a realistic framework to work off of when we look at these emotions but what we found that to your point is that over time at the end of the day what's the best safest most consistent way to get there yeah it has shown to be a diversified portfolio but you're always going to probably be wrong at some point in time during that process yep. and you might be feeling like you're left out a yeah. little bit. So trust the process. Yeah, and
1: I think I think to the, your point the one really important thing to not do is to front run. Right? Yeah. And What does that mean? People look at a fund that did, you know, 45% last year, might have been the highest performer in its sector or something like that. All of a sudden they want to jump all over that. You know, we look at different money managers and things like that all the time. How how many times in a row do you usually see someone never. repeat as the best performing manager? Multiple yeah. years, almost never happens. Yeah, um, so don't do that because the you know the likelihood of repeating past performance, uh, like we always say, no guarantee of yeah. future returns. Even the um,
0: the the money timers right, so yeah. the ones that try to time the market and have a unique algorithm to rotate in and out of certain sectors, they might get it right at a time or two, which is great. But if they don't nail it every time what happens over a 3 5 10 year period they end up lagging the benchmark and of a diversified portfolio the majority of the time yep so to my knowledge there's never been a successful asset manager with an entire team and entire company working 40 80 hours a week all they're doing is looking at these analytics that have been able to successfully avoid every downside and participate in every upside of the market, right? Absolutely. Professionals haven't done it. Yep. Ever. Yep.
1: Absolutely, man. So. Um, All right. So with that, the end of the day,
0: diversification can work. Might not feel good. Yeah. In the moment. Might not like it. Yep. But I'll tell you what, it's the most successful way to help you accumulate wealth, minimize downside over a long period of time, even though it might not feel good during the process. Absolutely. All right. With that, Hope everyone has a fantastic week. Enjoy. If you want even more insights on the path to success, follow Ryan and Fran at Opulus LLC on Instagram and Facebook, or check us out on the web at www.opulus.us. Lastly, the content of this podcast is not to be viewed as personal investment, legal, or tax advice. You should always consult with a professional advisor before implementing any topics discussed.